Let's get you on the move. The move. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikhessoff only on the Voice of the Cape. So, of course, 18 minutes after 7 is where we're at this morning. And um, if you just joined us, welcome into it. Nice having you with us. We are moving along to our first feature this morning. And, of course, um, you know, over the past few weeks and months, you know, everyone's been talking about a COVID-19 vaccine. We've seen it being rolled out in other countries across the globe. When will it be hitting South Africa's shores? And, of course, last week we also heard um, the Minister of Health mention that the rollout will for the earliest, try and take place by the end of January. So what exactly is it that we will be getting and what exactly is in store for South Africa? Um, Come the end of the month, going into Feb, we've seen a million is what we've been told will be rolled out first and there have been you know a few concerns around it but also people just needing that information so of course this morning we do have online Dr. Angelique Kutsia chairperson of the South African Medical Association who's going to be speaking to us. Doc good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and a very good morning to all your listeners out there and thank you for asking us. Only a pleasure. So, of course, you know, we have seen um, the COVID-19 vaccine and various sources, shapes and forms, you know, being rolled out globally. Um, South Africa, you know, just waiting anxiously and with bated breath. Of course, those that will take it, those that won't be taking it. But firstly, you know, how does the South African Medical Association react to the announcement that come the end of Jan, you know, we could be getting a vaccine for ourselves? Well, the South African Medical Association is extremely glad um, that there is finally a vaccine coming into the country, especially for the healthcare workers. It's important to understand that healthcare workers is not only nurses um, and cleaners, but um, anyone working with patients at cold face. Um, that includes your medical doctors, it includes your physios, it includes your dentists, it includes actually the whole spectrum of allies as well as your nurses. So whether we have enough vaccines would be as we go forward as, again, it's important to understand that it's not compulsory to be vaccinated. Indeed. Now, of course, you know, when it comes to the vaccines that South Africa will be getting, I mean, the sources in terms of what we have been told via the media, uh, we're speaking about AstraZeneca, we're speaking about Johnson & Johnson. Um, So, you know, in terms of those vaccines, you know, perhaps telling us a bit more in terms of the different variants. Okay, so the vaccines, this predominantly two types of vaccines. The one is the mRNA type of vaccine. Um, that is a new technology that they are using that is um, um, applicable to your um, Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer is still um, in the process of, of um, application in South Africa. Extremely expensive, so um, a very good vaccine. But um, I think for now, if it comes into the country, it would only be in small numbers um, due to logistic problems. Uh, again, uh, you need to vaccinate and then three weeks later get your second vaccination. The one that we are currently um, going to get into the country, the AstraZeneca one, as well as the Johnson one, they're using the old adenovirus substrate. Um, it's old technology that they are using, and they will also, um, you know, uh, uh, need to... Johnson & Johnson only need one um, vaccine, um, in, uh, and your AstraZeneca will unfortunately again need two. But it seems to us that um, you don't have 
to have your second shot within four weeks, it can be up to three months. So it would now be dependable on the government with this 1.5 million coming in, whether they're going to vaccinate 1.5 million and then within the next three months get another 1.5 million in, or whether they're going to use um, the 1.5 million to more or less um, vaccinate 750,000 people. Now, Dr. Um, also, if we were to come in and just to understand very briefly, you know, what exactly the vaccines contain and the possible side effects, um, if any. Okay, it's, it's very difficult. The short-term side effects um, is, you know, you can be... You can have an, an uh, adverse reaction um, within 30 minutes. So it would be important when you go for your vaccine, you need to stay in that facility for at least 30 minutes before you can leave the, vac- the, the uh, facility. The second thing is um, you can maybe two or three days later again have, you know, like with any of your other um, vaccinations, you can have a red area, painful, maybe a bit of a fever, stuff like that. Um, then um, up to three months later, you can have a, another immune response. It's extremely rare, but it can happen. And then from there on, we don't know. There's no data on any long-term side effects because, um, I mean, this is only recently released. That normally, you will have five, up to five years of trial three. And we all know that, yeah, we don't have less than a year of uh, data on, trial, um, on the third trial. Uh, or the third phase of the trial. So that would only time tell, you know, we will not know. Mm. Doctor, in terms of the makeup of the vaccines, you know, and what exactly these vaccines contain, over the past few months we've seen rumours and comments coming through about, you know, what exactly in questioning the makeup of these vaccines in terms of, I think at one point I heard something about, some, you know, that was doing the rounds online saying that cells were used from aborted fetuses. We've heard comments no. that, you know, possibly um, animal cells are used in the makeup of the vaccine. Perhaps just clarifying on that. No, please, please, that is a lot of nonsense. No, please, please, please. Uh, you know what? People saying that should actually be taken up and, and be held responsible for, for that mm. fake news. That is absolute rubbish. Um, it's the it's an identifiable substrate. It's the same substrate that's been used for your flu vaccines. It's nothing that has changed some of the... the um, Makeup, or if I can put it like that, makeup of the of the vaccine to be um, applicable against neutralizing the COVID-19 vac- uh, virus. So no, nothing of that is true. So mm. you're not going to grow a beer or a yeah. horns or any of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. That's nonsense. That's, that's really rubbish. Doug, in terms of, you know, the conversation around the vaccine and the timeline in which the vaccine was manufactured, you know, many are saying, you know, we were told at the beginning it could have taken up to 18 months. Of course, we've seen within a few months this vaccine coming to light. Perhaps telling us, you know, the research and the history on how this vaccine has been put together. Um, I'm going to talk about the the AstraZeneca because for now that is applicable to our country. So, the virus substrate that they are using, it's all technologies that's been used you know, um, over many, many, many years. So what happens in, in the case of a COVID-19? Normally, if you want to bring a new vaccine on the market, there's a lot of red tape that you need to go through. You need to get um, uh, also um, sponsorship, and then you have to go through a vigorous process from a lot of countries. But it's all paperwork. It's all to do with paperwork. So that has been cut out. 
and that's why they could immediately go into you know the the the, the normal technologies that they would normally use and change it um, to make it applicable in the case of the vaccine of COVID-19. So, so again, short term, we are quite confident what the short term side effects would be. But no one, because of the fact that the, this um, vaccine has not been on the market for five years yet, we do not know whether you can maybe have an adverse reaction. You don't need to have anything in five years from now on. Um, the adenovirus um, or the AstraZeneca is quite safe because, as I said, we, we, are, we know um, that substrate or basis that they are using. It's a bit more difficult with the mRNA, but the mRNA has been used in cancer patients to treat cancer patients. So that technology is also not that new. What is new is that it's new in in fighting um, your virus, and especially the COVID-19. But it's not a new, new technology either. But let's also see um, and look at it very quickly, Doctor, in terms of the administering of of the vaccine. Is it something that you've got to take annually? Is it a once-off? You know, how will this be administered? Okay, for now, for now, for the AstraZeneca one, you need two um, uh, uh, vaccines or two shots. So you need one. Normally, they, in the beginning, they said it should be um, four weeks later, but the new data is showing that it can. The second uh, um, injection could be up to three months later, and um, it's, it's 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 exactly the same type of. You know, you, it will be in the upper arm. And it's not for children and it's not for pregnant women at this stage. We are also not sure. We're waiting for the guidelines. But um, it seems to us that if you had COVID before, that during this last um, a few months, mm. then also then you will not be vaccinated in, in this first round. Okay. Um, even if... if you have antibodies against the virus, you will also not be uh, vaccinated because uh, you already have some antibodies. So um, how the how and how it's practically going to work out in the in, at the coal phase, there's still a lot of questions and there's still a lot of um, uncertainty on how and who's going to do it um, and whether there would be a resuscitation type of uh, team with if something happens to the patient who um, get a severe adverse reaction within half an hour. Doc, I know you need to run into another interview, but perhaps just two final questions uh, that you could answer for us this morning. In terms of, we spoke about the cost earlier, but many have been asking for those that can cannot afford it, rather, will it be rolled out free for them? And then also, once the vaccine makes its way into South Africa, we understand that it will be kept at a secret location um, in terms of not wanting theft of the vaccine. Okay, I'm not so sure about the secret location, but what is going to happen is um, if you, in the first round, we're now talking about healthcare workers, um, if you're not on a medical scheme and you can't afford it, you will be vaccinated through the state. If you are on a medical scheme, it would come from your, from your, from your risk and not from your day-to-day because it's a, a prescribed minimum benefit. And then um, when the vaccine, as far as we understand it, it comes into the country, it will be distributed to the provinces, and from the provinces it will then move downwards to the to the district. And then um, the detail on how it's going to reach the private sector is not clear of, um, to us at this stage. 
All right. Well, Dr. Angelique Kutsia, we thank you for joining us on air this morning and, of course, speaking to us with regards to the rollout of those COVID-19 vaccines once they make their way into South Africa, hopefully towards the end of this month. I was chairperson of the South African Medical Association, Dr. Angelique Kutsia.